0: And we are live. Welcome, friends of the apocalypse, to podcast at Ground Zero, episode 30, Logan's Run, because we are in carousel here, and please identify.
1: (laughs) Okay, fine, you've showed me up.
0: That's very nice. Identify Jared Five. (laughs) That
1: is clearly a fraud, since you are about three trips to carousel now. I think you're you're closing in on what should be your third trip to carousel. Renew, renew,
0: renew. See, I'm not, I'm not not blinking. I, I'm not, I'm not not ready for carousel yet. It's fine. It's totally fine. I know. I got, I got the whole series of. uh, Well, actually, no. You know what? This, this is what. This is what I should have on. Hold on. You know, red um, is before you go blink, blinkety blink. And then after a while, if you've gone too long, it just goes black. <laughs> Logan, you're an elder. I'm an elder. Yeah, I got this whole this whole shitload of these, like somebody was made these fake the crystals. I don't know if it's gonna focus. On eBay. So again, I bought these years ago. I'm like, oh look, look, it runs crystals. I can put in my hand. I'll have a use for these one day, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> so you've
1: justified that purchase.
0: That, Perfect. That, that now that you've purchase. used
1: the, oh yeah. Now that you've used it in your show, you can. It's a tax write-off.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. You know, I bought these things like three years ago. I'm like, oh, I'll have use for these one day. You know, because you got the red, you got the clear when you start. You got the whole, the whole gambit. You know. Wow. So, yeah. So yes, I have Logan's Run crystals, and I tried to put this on, but I don't want to put it on too high. As I have a uh, Scott saw this before. I have a nice uh, little Logan's Run pin of you know, like the statue of the hand with the crystal that you see in the city. Yep. So I was telling him uh, a number of years ago, one of our few friends that still turned thirty because because we're all getting old. Um, I sent it to her on her birthday, you know. So. <laughs> 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 and hey, we, gotta, hey, we- and, and I made this card with an image of the carousel, and I used because uh, I found out like what her sign was, you know, because that's when her birthday was, and I put you know blah 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 year of the city. I changed it all. Oh off, yeah, so
1: Capricorn. It. Yeah, it's always Capricorn year of the city. Yeah, I, yeah, so the I in the movie.
0: It's yeah. So, so whatever, whatever her birthday was, I think it was January or February. I got her sign. I'm like Capricorns, you know, year of the city. Put the, you know, her year, d- date of birth. I did the whole thing. I did the whole Logan's Run thing. I think she liked it. I don't know. It might have, might have been a big waste, you know. But I was like, hey, you
1: know. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, it's not funny when it's happening to you. Remember, it's it's tragedy.
0: Oh yeah, when yeah, it's happening to you. Oh, it's it's hilarious when it's somebody else. Trust me. Um, yeah, because yeah. I because I passed my I, I passed Carousel a long, long, long time ago. So
1: yeah, as I said, we're closing in on our second trip to Carousel, uh, third trip if you go by the
0: book. Yeah, does do the cracks in your face? Th- does it hurt? Does it hurt? <laughs> Thank you, Jenny Agutter.
1: Yeah, no, oh, fuck you, you little
0: whippersnapper. No, Jesus. It, no, it doesn't hurt, you bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I'm sorry Peter Ustinoff didn't say that. Or just uh, yeah. hit her with a cat. Just throw a cat at her. At <laughs>
0: <laughs> well he was a crazy crazy cat man, so
1: He was. He pretty much beats any crazy cat lady that has appeared on screen. Yeah. Now I have got the entire House of Representatives filled with cat poop. You gotta imagine it smelled like a litter box. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's, not, um, it's a good thing that scene is not in smell, not
0: in vision, You know? Oh my God, that would be heinous. Yeah. My camera is so out of focus.
1: Yeah, you're out of focus, dude. It's I know. Of the, it's because of the crystals. You yeah, fucked it's, up.
0: With the... It's throwing it off. Mm. All right, I'm a little, little fuzzy this week. I don't know why. I hate. Sometimes this shit works perfect. Oh, it just changed focus right yeah. up to your
1: fingertips.
0: Okay. So now you're even more out of focus. No, actually, now it's fine. I have to like focus in close for it to to feel to do. then it like it. Now it's fine. All right. Anyway, all right. So folks, uh, enough of our randomness. Uh, but no, it was relative. We're showing there our little the little crystal pack. That, yay! My nerddom paid off, and you uh, <laughs> Um. So we're talking oh, about. We're talking I'm gonna about.
1: point out. I'm gonna point out, dude. What? You bought jewelry. You bought jewelry.
0: Uh, what's that? What's that? What's that you got on your left hand, sir? Oh, this is a
1: contract. <laughs>
0: oh, it's a. Con- thank you. It's a contract. This is a contract. This is a. This is a
1: visual sign of my contract. Yep, you too, buddy. Yeah. So, anyways. Actually, um, actually, you witnessed my
0: contract, so.
1: <laughs> yes. Well you know, there was an invitation. There was there was, there was, was an open bar. How could I say no? Of course. Um, I, am, okay. I, I am allegedly a, I am allegedly a professional writer, so if there's going to be free drink, I'm going to go there. So anyways, on to wow. Logan's
0: Run. Well, before we go to Logan's Run, we have a couple of uh, bits of in the news, some things I would like to share that I've come across All right, uh, let's this, hear it. this week. Uh, number one, I discovered... That there is a new role-playing game coming out called uh 77 Worlds RPG." Huh? And, what and is it, the
1: relationship to the apocalypse?
0: It is well. It's uh, done by James Ward and uh, huh. Steve, and Stephen A. Lee. Um, it is a. It's gonna be a box set. Uh, I'll read to you from I'll read to you from the web page. Um, it is. Uh, Where is the description of it? It had a nice description on the front page. But now it's not. Um, I had a. It's apocalyptic. What the fuck is that? I I had seen a really nice description at one point. Now I can't seem to find it, so hold on. Um, coming soon. Uh, initial box set. Um, all right. Well, basically, what it is, it's um, civilization has spread through the stars. The human imperium came to a sudden swift end. The War broke out among some of the world colonies. Calls the awakening of the most sophisticated AI ships, and they uh, attained sentient, and within the uh, withdrew from the contact. Uh, con, uh, the conflict uh, consumed among themselves and, and uh, drove human ships out of the inter- interstellar space. Shortly after most uh, sentient ships moved into deep space, not to return, their remaining ships unleashed relentless attacks, bioweapons, weapons, nano weapons on every human world, driving most back to the stone ages. Uh, basically, it's it's like there's this whole like mankind set into uh, went into space, and apparently the the ships with uh, AI destroyed everything except for a couple of like the earth and there was all these colonies on the there's this colonies on the moon and they're all like and they're like entertainment uh colonies. You know they have all these like domes of like there's like an Egyptian world, there's a medieval world. I just lost your sound. Can you hear me? I think it's you dude. Yeah you're frozen. It is you, sir. Alright, Scott's gonna have to reconnect with us, so I'm gonna continue talking. Okay. Okay. I'm back. Okay. Um, yeah, it's set on this. Uh, it's set on this. Um, there's all these uh, different uh, worlds, like these domed worlds that people live on, and they got to go back to Earth. So it seems like a combination of uh, a little Metamorphosis Alpha, a little Gamma world, you know, because there are all these wacky worlds that people live on the Moon, and they and they're trying to go back to Earth to find out what happened to the apocalyptic Earth. So it seems interesting. Uh, again James Ward's involved with it so it can't be all that bad so uh, that's coming out in the fall it's called Lost World 77 so I'll post a link to it on the events page so uh, people can find it and read up more on it but it said it's very post-apocalyptic uh, so it looks pretty decent uh, also I, uh, let me pull this up here, was contacted what was that one uh, book that was coming out, the Canadian Apocalypses, that you were talking about?
1: Oh, Fractured Futures, I think it was. Or um, Boy, I'm not remembering it all of a sudden. Uh, now I feel like an idiot for not remembering it. Um, sounds like a job for... To the Googles!
0: It, it should be. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me open the conversation here. Fractured Tales of the Canadian Post Apocalypse. Yes. Uh, apparently the author, uh Sylvia Gur yeah, yeah,
1: she's the editor. I mean she may have a story in it as well, but I think she's the person who put the whole project together.
0: Okay, gotcha. She uh she contacted me on uh, Twitter and uh wanted to see if we wanted some review copies. Uh so I said absolutely. So I sent her uh, our uh, my information. So we'll uh, get some review copies to read, and we'll we'll review it on the show. oh excellent.
1: Hey again, not enough Canadian apocalypse.
0: No, apparently, apparently, we're popular enough that somebody wants us to review their book because apparently they think we we have some kind of influence. But hey, hey. We, we,
1: we got our first fan walk-up at Gen Con this uh, year.
0: Yeah, I was gonna get to that, but let me get, <laughs> let me tell the story. Okay. Uh, okay.
1: Just because it happened to you doesn't mean that you can tell it better than I can. Because that's no. sort of the whole way I operate is I steal yes. other people's stories and yes. wind them up so they're even better.
0: Yes. But uh, so we got contacted. So we got that coming. Uh, we're going to you know, be contacted by uh, Sylvia to do a review of that. Plus, I also got contacted on the uh, YouTube channel by, and if I could Find it here. Uh, let me go to YouTube. I gotta go to the messages. Sorry. I got contacted by the gentleman. My channel. And where's my messages? They don't. They move things around. Don't make it very easy to find anything anymore, which I really love. Despise. Really
1: love. That's your favorite thing.
0: Oh yeah, it's like, why can't I find things easier? Here's my messages. Fuck you. Uh, I don't. His handle is just capital C N C. Was was it one of the dudes that talked to us? The game about uh, Dark Revelations. Was that the guy we were talking to about his game at Gen Con?
1: Mm. I'm not recalling. I'm not. Uh, One of the
0: guys came up to us said he watched the show and he has a post apocalyptic game that he has coming out.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right.
0: Dark yes. Revelations. So he dropped me a line to see if uh, we want to take a look at it. So I told him I said sure, we we ahead to take a look at it. So, so apparently, yay! Uh, we're 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 coming into it because people want to send us stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so swag. People yes. want us to look at stuff. So. So anyway, so that's the only news I got. You know, a, a game coming out by James Ward again. So again, I posted, guys, check it out. And we had our first walk-up fan. What happened is, I was sitting in the booth, and Mr. Glancy was out running a game for Delta Green. Now somebody came by the booth and went, "Hey, you're that guy from Podcast Jack Round Zero Now, mind you, it was probably a 12, 11, 12, 11-year-old kid. Okay. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I I met I I met him later and I don't think he's any older than twelve.
0: Yeah. So he's like, Hey, you're the kind I'm like, oh, you know, like, you watch the show. He's like, Oh yeah, blah blah blah. Started talking to me. The guy was real nervous. So I started, you know, what talked to the side of the booth. He wanted to shake my hand. He wanted to take a picture. So I took a picture with him. You know, I was like, okay. He's like, We're we're famous I'm taking pictures with twelve year old kids who follow us on the internet. And uh so I said, hey, I said, Do you want to get a picture with Scott? He'll be back later. And he goes, kind of puts his head down and talks under his breath. Oh, he's better. <laughs> so I went from the victory, height of... Victory is mine! I went from the height of elation, like, wow, he likes our show. This is great. Yes, yeah, Scott's better. <laughs> oh, boom! <laughs> right into the mountains. Crap! And I basically told. I basically was like, "Okay, I'm done with you. You can go now."
1: <laughs> don't be mean. He's gonna watch this show. He, sure. he was. I'm. I'm just. He came back and, and talked to me, and he and, and he and his whole family were wandering the, the, the convention floor. But yes, I will just say, sir, I'm sorry I didn't catch your name, but thank you for sticking a pin in Jared. Just a little bit. That was, I know it was unintentional, but it was kind of accidentally
0: awesome. So good, good work, kid. Yeah, because apparently everybody loves you because you just talk and talk and talk. And apparently I'm an idiot and I don't know it, anything. It, it, so
1: no, you bring all the props. You're like a prop comedian. You know, I'm a
0: prop comedian. Yeah, like like, like carrot what, top. What what are you what are you talking about, Scott? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, you're like a carrot top. Don't don't um, ever okay. don't ever call me that again, okay? <laughs> I will come up to Seattle and punch you in the junk. <laughs>
1: that would be fair. I, I, I have to admit, them's fighting words. That's that's not something you you, you that's nothing you something you say about someone who's supposed to be your friend.
0: Yeah, it really you, don't, is. you don't call them Keratops. I, I
1: should take that back. I'm taking I am taking that back.
0: Any any other prop comedian but Karatov.
1: Yeah, Rip Torn, or Rip Rip Taylor, Gallagher, I, Fine. I will take Rip Taylor. Yeah.
0: Wait, when I take Gallagher. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, when I take Gallagher over Karatov. Uh Gallagher 1 or Gallagher 2? No. Uh.
1: There's multiple Gallagher's? Uh, there
0: yeah, because a- yeah, apparently uh, his brother does it too. and like Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's I so was
1: unaware that there was a fake Gallagher wandering the earth. Getting gigs at casinos or whatever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's so
1: the guy, he's the guy they call when they cancel. Um, uh,
0: uh, Carrottop. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go with um, uh, what's his name from Damn Yankees because he he recently got uh, Nugent when Nugent you know oh. gets gets his gig canceled at the Indian casino because he referred to them as subhumans. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. angry that they canceled just because he said Indians were, you know, not people. I was like, I don't know. It's just a, it's a tough world.
0: Oh, that that that's just Ted. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so we had our fan, and then we had another fan. The guy I will just talk about, the role-playing game, said apparently he knows you for, or met has met you at least at the uh, the film festival. That's where there was a connection, and he wound up watching the show, and he wants to, the game, and. I've had a bunch of posts recently from different folks uh, on the Twitter, on the YouTube. You know, I've been trying to trying to keep up with that. Apparently, it's finally market market penetration. We're finally arriving. Yeah. So people, you know, apparently, so you know, people saying, "Hey, the show's a hoot." I, you know, I've learned about this, that TV show, and that TV show. So we're we're having apparently we're having an impact. So yay for us. what
1: what better time? then for us, just as we're starting to arrive and starting to really be said, what better time for us to have to go on fucking carousel, you know, and be put down for the good of the state?
0: Yeah, as as we should.
1: <laughs> yeah, as clearly. Um, so, all right, where do we start? I don't have any other post apocalyptic news.
0: Um, um, no problem. Uh, so let's let's just start with where it all started, and Scott's going to lead this because I have not read the books. I'm a I'm a bad bad host. Uh, I never read the books. Uh, for Logan's Run, you you
1: you did the hard thing. You watched the TV series,
0: which yeah, uh, very hard. Very um, hard to do. It was good and it was bad. Uh, I was loving all over it for a while, and then after then towards the end, when you could tell, yeah, they're running out of ideas. Uh, it was starting to get like, oh God, you know, really a haunted house, a haunted house episode, you know, in yeah. the, in the dystopian apocalypse. Well,
1: uh, that would be well, Can you imagine how cool a haunted house episode would be if you're playing Gamma World, right? And you're playing savages, and your idea of a haunted house is a house where the AI that runs the house is mad, and there's, like, all this technology in the house that looks like ghosts or spirits to you because you're a
0: primitive screwhead. That could oh, be really cool. Oh, that would be awesome, but this is not. Yeah. This, like, this is people, not awesome. No, people dress... Anyway, I'll get to that. All right, so we're going to so start off at the beginning. Uh, we'll start with the okay. books because again, Scott, you know, has read the books. So uh, take you know, start us off with the, with the, where it all started with. So it was Will's. Well, it was okay. so Nolan and what, George William Clayton Nolan, Johnson.
1: Cla- George Clayton Johnson. And now both these guys have done a ton of crap over their careers, um, but uh, they are again, I suppose, most known for uh, Logan's Run. Uh, Nolan has gone on. Nolan wrote a whole bunch of TV show stuff, um, uh, wrote, you know, articles and stuff all through his career. Uh, Nolan is actually associated with uh, uh, making scripts out of the Richard Matheson stories that were used for Trilogy of Terror. Although, the best item on Trilogy of Terror uh, titled Amelia, which is also better known as the Zuni fetish doll, where Karen Black is attacked by the horrible doll that is released into her apartment. That was not something that Nolan was associated with, unfortunately. But he did work on the other parts of that. Now, Clayton Johnson, uh, George Johnson wrote things like, uh, he wrote a lot of Twilight Zone. He's got like six or seven Twilight Zone episodes under his belt, uh, including Kick the Can, which was used in the Twilight Zone movie. Um, He also uh, wrote uh, a story that was turned into Ocean's Eleven. So... I bet you he didn't get a dime for that, and of course he wrote the very first aired, or at least aired in syndication uh, Star Trek episode, uh, The Man Trap, which premiered on September the 8th, 1966, my actual day of birth. So there I go, I got my connection to George Clayton right there. Clayton did not come back uh, to write uh, the later books uh, with William Nolan. Accomplished, I guess. Whatever. I don't know what the relationship between the two gentlemen is. They're both still alive. They're both older than dirt.
0: And oh yeah. Uh, well, William Nolan, I believe, lives in Portland because he's come to the film fest, the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, before.
1: Yes, he comes, I think, every year. And uh, he he was uh, he also just got done getting a Bram Stoker Award uh, in at the World Horror Convention. Um, I'm trying to remember what he got it for. He got it for I want to say uh, uh, a compilation of articles uh, that he wrote. Um, it was a let's see. It was um, shoot. I'm not remembering. I'm a, i I'm a bad researcher. But I was. Uh, what's fun. even What's even worse is I was there because my wife got some horror stories published, and the, the collection that she was in was up for a Brom Stoker. Didn't get it totally robbed, and uh, uh, Nolan was there at age 86, getting, uh, oh that's right, he uh, he wrote a, a bunch of essays about Ray Bradbury, about the science fiction of Ray Bradbury, and he'd written them over the course of 60 years, and somebody, uh, it might have been uh, Jason, shoot, what's Jason's last name, uh, Brock, or it could have been Jason Brock, or it could have been S.T. Yoshi, it was one of these two guys, basically, you know, said, you know, w- during a conversation, you know, huh, you wrote 8,000 articles about uh, Ray Bradbury. Maybe you should turn them into a book. And he's like, ah, nobody will want to read that. And then, of course, he put them all together. Everybody reads it, or at least he, you know, made some scratch off it. And, boom, got himself a Brom Stoker Award, so that's cool. Um, and, on. yes, he's, he, is still, he is still working at age 86. So you got to give him points for that.
0: Uh, oh, absolutely. I uh, so I, I hope I'm. I hope I'm doing the same.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll be on a ventilator, or I'll be looking at you know the inside of the wood in my gasket. Is what I'm going to be doing at hj Probably have been there for a decade if the way I'm gone. So uh, let's talk so, about.
0: Yeah, let's let's go. With, let's, uh, so that's uh, enough of who they are. Let's get yeah. to the. Let's get to his creation.
1: Yeah. So the the first book, uh, Logan's Run, its first printing is 1967. Sort of. You
0: you got to back up a little bit, Scott. Your connection just totally wanked out.
1: Okay. All right. Can you hear me now?
0: Yeah. Now we can hear you. And you're locking up again. Looks like Scott's going to need to reset his connection.
1: Yeah, here's what we're going to do. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Now, now, now I hear you fine. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking I might reset the connection and you talk about the damn TV series. For I don't know if you want to do that. Um, all right, let's see if we can get through this. So 1967, short book, only 133 pages. Uh, it is definitely sort of set as the ludicrous extreme of never tru- trust anyone over 30 you know it's definitely a reaction to sort of youth culture and uh, the, the the fetishization of youth that's going on in the 60s oh, where yeah. uh, they are showing that youth is uh, uh, what, what's were the they use uh, that uh, youth tested its strength in the sit-ins in the 60s And then by early 70s, 75% of the people living on Earth are under the age of 21. Uh, Then in the 1980s, 7729 percent 80% in the 90s. And by 2000, we've reached critical mass. And um, so the year...
0: You're locking up again. Scott, if you can hear me, <clears throat> we'll give Scott a second, folks, and then we're going to have to uh, tell him he's going to need to. We're going to need to lose Scott for a few minutes. He's going to need to reboot his, uh, his connection because it is not good as we can see. So, <clears throat> so basically, there was a book, sixty-seven, and uh, then later on there was a movie that came out. And Scott, are you back with me?
1: Yeah, but I'm resetting my connection
0: right Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to go do that. So, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about uh, uh, the movie and the TV show, uh, show a little bit. So the movie came out uh, in I believe it was let's see here, '76, <clears throat> and then the TV show came out after that in '77. All right. Now the book, uh, TV show, uh, movie. The uh, movie. Was based loosely on the book. They they changed some stuff. Like Scott was saying, under the age of twenty-one, this was the age of thirty. So it was kind of a condensed version. Uh, the the expanse of the book was a lot greater. It was it was not just the one dome city where you had the uh, the population in. And like in this book, it's like you can't leave the city. It was a whole world, if I remember correctly, uh, different cities, and they were traveling between the cities. And that was part of his shtick. Was you know. Traveling in between the cities, you know, changing his identity. But in the movie, it was finite. There was the one city. You couldn't leave the city, and he wants to escape for sanctuary. It was about, like you said, youth rebellion, and it was, uh, you know, no trust, no one over thirty. So, anyway, so we had the movie, which was loosely based on it. I remember talking to Nolan about it at uh, the festival once, and he wasn't that thrilled with the adaptation of it. From what I remember from the conversation. So and yes, Heath, we did lose Scott. He went that down, went downstairs to reset his connection because his connection keeps on uh, tanking out on us. <clears throat> so he occasionally in the afternoon needs to reset his connection. So now uh, the TV show so it came out in '77 after the movie. Now it was on uh, CB American CBS Television. Uh, ran from September of '76 to. February 78. Uh, there was 14 episodes, but only 11 of them originally aired. Uh, they didn't get to the last uh, three episodes because it had a decent following in the beginning, but as time went on, they slowly started to lose their audience because they kept on preempting it. Now, remember, this was in the 70s, so this is the early, early days of cable. I mean, I kind of remember having cable back in like 78. Uh, so, this was still network TV. That's all you had. You had your CBS, NBC, you had your three channels, you had your public television. You really didn't have a whole lot. So, if something got preempted, there was nothing else to watch. So, they lost uh, interest in that. So, now the TV series uh, definitely takes. Maybe more from the book because it goes more global. Like they actually leave the city and the adventures take place outside of the city. Uh, It definitely doesn't have this. It starts off like they basically take the attitude of like the movie didn't happen, so they're restarting their own world here. So when they start their own uh, world, it starts at the beginning. Same little models. They have the same you know effects, same costumes because the movie just happened, uh, came out a year before, so they had a lot of the same props and they had to make more. So it starts off with the same basic concept you know there's Jessica there's Logan and uh, they escape and he runs and they leave and out to try to find sanctuary uh now when we talk about the movie more you'll see how finite that world is like they just leave and they get out and then they come back whereas this one they're roaming looking for sanctuary uh, so it looks like Scott's joining us here again in a second so Scott you still with us so now you're with us
1: Yes, yes, I am. If it's gonna be one of those nights, it's gonna be one of those nights. So
0: yeah, yeah it Looks like your other self hasn't dropped off yet, so uh, that's fine. Screw or, that clone. That dead bastard. That's so bastard. all right. So I started talking about the, the TV series a little bit, but let's let's jump back to the just jump back to the, the book. Let's kind of recap the book. Uh, I was telling them that <sighs> you know, unlike the movie, which people might have seen in because uh, it came out in seventy uh, six. Yeah. Uh, the book the book was more global, if I'm correct, yes. it wasn't just the one city. There was major cities everywhere, and he traveled through tubes to different cities, and part of his shtick was he was avoiding carousel at 21 by changing identities and going from city to city. He wasn't just stuck in the one don't city.
1: That's correct. Um, they talk about the, I think they're called complexes. Like the Angelus Complex is one place that they uh, start out at one, you know, end up at one point, and it's all connected by kind of you know these, uh, kind of this the subway system that you remember from, um, that... Uh, from Pax, uh, yeah, from Gene Roddenberry's stuff, uh, you know Brave New World and you know things like that. But anyways, um, the uh, it is a global system, and there is a computer running it all. Uh, you die at 21, not 30, which I thought was really even more terrifying. And and it's one of the things that Nolan and Johnson really get right, I think, uh, with this stuff is that um, you're. It's really people are still developing a moral center and moral compunctions and their own moral identity uh, when they're young. And, I, and it's one of the reasons that some of these third world uh, dirtbags love. Uh, recruiting child soldiers, because, you know, child soldiers don't have any kind of a, a you know, moral center,
0: because they're just kids, you know, and... Although, oh, that, that's why, yeah, that's why kids are the most vicious, like, in any of these things, like, the Sea of the Water, the Flies, anything, uh, what is it, um, uh, the one where they, uh, the Japanese, they all send a malusa. Oh Oh, uh, yeah, I'm suddenly forgetting the name of... Um, you mean was, uh, Battle Royale. Well, kids are vicious. They because again they don't like, consequences schmonsequences. I'm gonna cut your freaking head off. You know they're yeah. vicious.
1: So um, yeah, in fact, there's a great horror movie called Who Can Kill a Child, which uh, in the basic idea is that all the children on this little idyllic Italian vacation island have murdered their parents, um, and some tourists arrive on the island because they want to see the real Italy and not the tourist Italy, and now it's a fight for their lives where. They're being attacked by, you know, darling little cute six-year-old girls, you know, with knives and sticks and rocks, and yeah, it's children. Ugh, don't trust them. Anyways, um, the basic deal is is that you know you got you still have the color-coded clothing like you did in the book. You still have the the palm flower. Uh, It's still last day, Uh, but instead of carousel, which was added, it's something called a sleep shop where you are uh, gassed to death with some sort of pleasure. Uh, you know, uh, opiates, you know, psychedelics show gas that you go to sleep. Uh, Logan is not Logan 5. He's Logan 3. It's still Jessica 6. And it's still Francis uh, as well.
0: So um, is, is the concept of the whole renewal still there in the book as yes. well? Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, and, and at some point, you know, uh, he's a, he's called, his nickname is a Sandman, but they're called deep sleep operatives. Um... They've, one of the things that I thought was interesting also is the gun. And the gun comes up in the second book as this thing that Logan takes out of a box and, you know, the, his his Sandman gun. And it's a, some sort of specialized revolver. And in practice, it comes off very much like the Lawgiver from Judge Dredd. I think that maybe Judge Dredd may have pulled the concept of the Lawgiver a little bit from... Uh, Uh, Logan's run because the weapon has all these different types of 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 ammunition it can use including a homing bullet that will go around corners and track you down and you know if they make you know if you pull out, if you have to pull out the homing bullet uh, not only does it kill you but it kills you in the most
0: agonizing way possible. Yeah because in the TV series the gun the, the, uh, the Sandman gun has like three settings which I don't remember that from the movie. It's like no. they have they have a you could do a stun, you could do just a regular uh, blaster, just regular shot that kill you And then there's like the the highest which is like destroy, which they used to like you know, you can like shoot holes in walls and shit like that. So it has okay. the one of the T V show has three settings. So it's a little bit back to the book, I guess.
1: Yeah, and that there's like six or seven different types of ammunition. Um there's also this thing called uh, Omnite uh, or Omnite, which is this uh, um, martial art that all the deeps uh, sleep operators are trained in, so they're a little ninji as well. Uh, and Francis starts off as, in the book, as Logan's mentor, who shows him the right way to kill people for the state. Because, you know, and, and he's killing people at sixteen. You know, he, he's 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 barely into you know, I guess going through puberty. And he's murdering people for the state, for the for the computer.
0: Yeah, that's why you have to think differently for the people who saw the movie. It's like, they look older. Like, okay, in their 20s, they're doing this. They so no, these people are raised from a child to be killers. Yeah,
1: and the cubs are there. The preteen cubs are still part of it, although in,
0: in uh,
1: the movie it was like, I guess if you turn 18, you get kicked out of the cubs. But um, they've moved it back so that they're earlier than teenagers. And... Um, Uh, eventually it's the deal where, you know, Logan, his life clock blows off on life day. He runs for it. But in the book, Francis, uh, who's pursuing him, is not um, his enemy. Francis turns out to be a guy whose life clock malfunctioned. His name is Ballard. He's supposedly the head of Sanctuary. And his life clock malfunctioned, so it never goes into alarm mode.
0: Ah, so is he? Is he the one uh, I remember from the book? Where there's something like the oldest man in the world, and he's like thirty or something. Yeah, he's
1: four, He's forty-two, and he's been using the plastic surgery shops, which turn up in the movie, uh, to constantly keep his changing his appearance, so he'll appear young, and change his identity. Um, and part of this is, you know, uh, there's a big deal about how the computer is buried underneath Crazy Horse Mountain, the computer that runs the whole world, that runs this dystopia and we're going to move in the book from dystopia to post-apocalypse, so it counts for the show. Um, the computer's in a crazy horse mountain, which is way back in the 60's, there's that Polish, uh, you know, sculptor who wanted to make that giant statue of crazy horse, right, from the Battle yeah. of Bull Run, and it's still in various stages of preparation, that mountain, but it's it hasn't quite shaped up yet. I think they've got like, you know, the shape of the horse, maybe the long part where he's pointing, you know, and various other parts of it, but the idea was is that that idea is that that, that statue was completed, and it's out there, you know, in the middle, in, 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 in Montana or wherever it is. Um, and uh, that's where the computer is, and the computer is starting to malfunction, which is why Francis has rebelled against it, that eventually the computer is just going to screw things up until society collapses. Um, and Sanctuary turns out, in the book, to be a real place. It is a it is a place called Argos. It is a abandoned space colony orbiting Mars, hmm. or, or near Mars. Maybe it's at one of the L5 points or, you know, one of those, what do they call them? Lagrange points, those stable orbit points. But it's a space colony. And they, Logan and Jessica, get there. Um, you know, on board a, a, a rocket ship that takes off from, you know, Florida, you know, to, uh, uh, in the ruins, I guess, of some old Cape Canaveral-like place. Um, and so that's how the first book ends. And the second book, Logan's World, uh, comes back and things are totally fucked. The space station around Mars has been up there for years. Uh, Logan and Jessica have a kid named Jack with a Q. Um, Ballard somehow blows up the computer under Crazy Wars, ruins the, you know, sabotages the thinker complex, uh, but he dies, but the computer goes offline, and when he does that, it fucks the planet. And now all those cities are these post-apocalyptic settings, right? Where everyone's free, but nobody knows what to do, and nobody knows how to take care of themselves, and so all the people who are laughing and you know giggling and having a good time You know, in their nanny states, are reduced to cannibalism and murdering each other, and a lot of them are completely nihilistic because they never expected to live past 20, so they clearly don't give a shit. And there's a couple of encounters that Logan has when he returns to Earth that come off as seriously
0: Manson family,
1: you know, where they just la 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 we kill people because we've got nothing better to do, you know. and so
0: that's the whole problem with dystopian, like, we provide everything and give you a joyful life. And then when it's all taken away, um, yeah. they people go batshit because they don't know, like you said, they don't know what else to do. Yeah.
1: So one of the, the two big things that are going on, I guess, is in, in Logan's world is when the world goes to pot because they killed the thinker, boom, no more supply runs out to Argos. And it wasn't self-sufficient yet. So the population out there starts to crash and there's a plague on a space station and you can imagine how well that goes and so the runners are all dying on Argos and so um, uh, they draw straws so you can take the last shuttle back and try and get back to Earth and Logan and Jessica are amongst the people who go back and you know tries to uh, you know start a new life with people who have adapted sort of in a American Indian kind of way to living off the land, and uh, these people from the city show up and wreck their idyllic life, and kill his son, and kidnap his wife, and he's got to go chase their asses down and murder them, um, and get his you know wife back. And the big, I guess, the sort of the big villain of the piece is Grant, who has arranged to have these refugees from the cities crash Logan's life because he's an ex-sandman, he's an ex deep Sleep operative, who oddly enough, the thing I always remember about him was, as was an odd detail, that all of his teeth, back when you know you could have anything done you know, in the cities cosmetically or jewelry-wise, all of his teeth are cut from rubies. So he has these crystalline red teeth in his mouth, which I can only imagine looked pretty weird since the main character, because He's also African American, so there's this red teeth and the dark skin, and um, uh, uh, and he's a sandman who wants to fix the world. That everything was fine back when we lived to be twenty one, and he got to kill anybody he wanted to, and the thinker took care of everything. And he wants to sort of find force Logan into helping him to,
0: you know, rebuild and make it all work again. Yes,
1: yes, and it's sort of in the standard in the, and in the style of kind of an old gunfighter movie where the gunfighters put his gun away and all this shit starts, Logan has to go and open the box and take out the gun, you know, which he will then take on this, you know, uh, revenge and murder spree that he will not commit across the post-apocalyptic world in order to both get his wife back and be, uh, prevent the thinker and the system from being turned on again. Now, I read both of those. I did not read Logan's search. Because Logan's search as I read about it was basically aliens show up and send Logan to an alternate version of Earth so you can do the whole fucking story again, only with different choices.
0: Yeah, that doesn't yeah. sound good. No. The so, first uh, two fir- first two sound great, uh, <laughs> but then alien. Oh I wish I had a picture of the guy, the standard Mimi Aliens. The guy with the fucking <laughs> Ali- hair. The Ali- aliens. aliens. Aliens, <laughs> that that douche nozzle.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, I never bought into the alien thing, so I never, you know, I just didn't
0: go back it to did. now. Just like, added, Death, just like in like Oh, it was just all aliens. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now the thing is, besides the movie, I just want to point out that you know, there's comic been, there's comic books. There's uh, you go to the. Now I
0: I remember I remember reading some of the comic books in the 70s because um, it would have come out like the comic books probably would have come out uh, somewhere after 76 after the movie came out
1: absolutely they are heavily based on the movie they adapt the movie story and, and there's only seven issues of the Marvel comic um now from 1999 to Malibu comics also did Logan's Run and Logan's World adapting them into six issues each um and 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 publish them as well uh there was a hardcover Logan's Run annual based on the TV series uh, that was uh, published in Britain by something called Brian Brown Watson in late 1977, uh, dated 78. So there's been a couple of comic books.
0: Um, yeah, I totally because I I, I kind of did some searching with YouTube and saw the covers and I'm like yes I remember having the comics because I would have been uh, like seven eight years old so I I kind of remember. The com having the comics, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember seeing
0: them. Yeah, I, 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 they totally ring a bell. I probably had a couple of them. I might have read a you know, but back when you went to the five and dime and there was the metal rack that they. Oh around, yes, you know,
1: yes, because that's yes when we used to get our comic books there, as opposed to
0: these. Comic, comic book shop that they didn't exist back then. You got well, it at the drugstore.
1: I didn't see my first uh, shoot. I didn't see my first game store. Uh, until the late 70s. I think it was post-Star Wars.
0: Yeah. I I discovered my first game store in probably maybe 83.
1: That's a a tough question. Now that I'm thinking about it, I went there uh, because I... I, I, Hold on while I nerd out for a second. Um, I got my first dose of...
0: Nerd out on this show?
1: I got my first dose of Dungeons & Dragons from a teacher at school, you know, uh, in the fifth grade.
0: Um, Doctr- him, indoctrination.
1: Indoctrinated by the woman who was teaching the uh, advanced uh, you know, students courses at, at, the, at the grade school, at fifth grade. And fifth grade for me would have been ten years old. So that would have been 76. So it would have been just before Star Wars. Just before Star Wars. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a game store the size of my, uh, of my office.
0: <laughs> Here in the house, it was tiny. No. But anyways, well, but you know, yeah. we well, you know, you know where I got my first. I got my first basic Dungeons and Dragons set. Uh, not the red box everybody calls. It. This is before they came out with the stupid red box. It was, it wasn't the original blue box. It was the ones that came in between, which had the, the chick wizard and the fighter fighting the dragon in the water. You know the basic. Oh wow! Thing. Yeah, 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 Wow! I, I got that in seventh grade. So that would have been probably about eighty-two. I want to say right around that time, because uh, we moved down. I was ten, I was sixth grade, eleven years old. So I would have been like twelve. Um, it would have been like it would have been like eighty-two. Uh, there was no comic book store. We got it at the bookstore in the mall. It was my mom got it for me in the bookstore in the mall. You know whatever it was the Walden Books or whatever it was back then in Jackson <laughs> in, in Jacksonville, Florida. I lived in Jacksonville, Florida. For three months back then in seventh grade just long enough to get D&D and I never want to go and I would never want to go back there again I hated it but um,
1: (laughs) I I will say this back in the days before uh, before everything was available on the internet or eBay I actually would take trips when I was in law school I would take trips out across uh, to various big cities like Tampa or St. Pete or Jacksonville and hit all the game stores looking for you know used stuff
0: Oh yeah, that's that's how you got it. You know, there was one time I was like,
1: and I went to Jacksonville and I scored big in Jacksonville. And got a whole bunch of Traveler twenty three hundred stuff from Game Designers Workshop.
0: <laughs> I, I got. I think I got my first set of Gameworld, uh, my first two boxes of world miniatures from in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, I was visiting. I was visiting like my, my father and my grandparents, and he took me to this hobby store. I mean, it was a hobby store. Okay filled with narrow aisles with models remote control airplanes cluttered and he had like a little section somewhere in the middle with some gaming stuff in it and okay. i remember and i remember checking it out oh it's cool i remember they had the miniatures and i remember I coming back i remember coming back home and wanting to i'm like oh why didn't i get that and so i wrote my dad a letter you know this is when i was like 13 like 12 13 years old and he said hey remember that story you took me to they had this and he bought them and mailed them to me you know all hey. right that's why I got my first Gamble Miniatures. Anyway, so uh, good
1: parent, so, good parenting, good
0: parenting. Yeah, except for when he, uh, you know, uh, divorced my mom when I was five, left the state when I was eight. I didn't see him for oh, six years later. But I'm uh, not
1: saying he was good all the time. Oh, okay, i okay. he was good
0: that one time. So. Okay. All right. So so, that's it comic, the so there was comic books based off the movie. They had the movie we had a movie that came out in 1976. Let's
1: talk so we'll, about the movie. Let's go to the let's movie. Let's talk
0: about the movie. and Let's abridge the movie a bit because uh, yeah. I want to get onto the show a bit. Uh, Because I don't want to run two hours. So Um, the movie came out in 1976, adapted from the books. uh, We could say because they really changed a lot. Yeah, you're Uh, dead. You're dead at 30. Dead at 30. And I I remember talking to uh, Nolan at the film festival once about that. The movie. He's like, Yeah, I didn't. From what I remember, he didn't really care for the movie. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's all kinds of things that are different about it, and I got to tell you, the, the, the thing that's creepy, 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 horrible about the books is this society is the age that they're killing people. Oh
0: yeah, the twenty one
1: is really creepy because uh, it means that children are sort of sexualized, uh, you know, and, and, and because society is because compressing, you know, compressing their life down. Um, they're doing these adult things with no moral sense of what they're doing. Um, you know, it's it's extra it, to me. It was extra disturbing that they, that especially the killing. I, don't, you know, I, the, the that really bugs me in the books. And it's meant to. It's meant to. It's it's not meant to be utopia. It's meant to be something you should smash with a hammer.
0: Well, I mean, you had, you had the same thing in the real world. You know, uh, back when he wrote the books, you know, he had guys going, uh, kids right out of high school going over to Vietnam at 18 years old, throw them in the middle of the jungle with a gun, and they were killing people. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely something he's taken a shot at. Oh yeah, um, in these books. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, the books are different insofar as it's Logan Five, and it's only
0: there, it's one dome city, as far as we know. Yeah. There's nothing else. They can't leave. It's oh, the world outside is destroyed. This is all there is, and that's all they know. They don't yeah. know anything about the outside. The no, outside is poisoned. The ru- the world is ruined.
1: I don't even think they know there's an outside. They're all fucking surprised when they see the goddamn sun. You know, like, what's that? It's warm, you know? It's like, holy oh, yeah.
0: shit! It
1: feels warm,
0: that's right, yeah. Yeah,
1: they don't even know there's a sky. I mean, they're fucked. They've been living, they're like the kid who's been kept under the stairs by the abusive parents. They know Zippo about
0: anything, you know? Or, or like that, uh, what's that movie that came out recently? Uh, was
1: Sunderland it? Experiment.
0: Uh, Dog Tooth?
1: Oh, I haven't seen Dog Tooth.
0: It's like, it's the parents that isolate the children... You know, like they would see an airplane go by. What is that? Oh, is this a toy? And they were like, when they weren't looking, they throw like this toy plane over the fence. They go, look, see, it was just a toy. And we're we're really crazy shit. Anyway. Oh
1: my god, that's horrible.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so, that's uh,
1: really horrible.
0: Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so yeah, so the movie thirty. So at least it's a little bit longer. They're a little bit older. Same principle. You know, you die. You go to carousel. People become discontent. There's rebellion. They, you know, some people want to run. They want to find a sanctuary, the place that, you know, you can live past 30 because you don't have to die. And if Jessica six eventually uh, coerces Logan five to go with her because they have all the same things, like they have the cubs. You see all that. They talked about all that stuff. Francis is around. Francis is around, and they get hit. They get. She gets him to leave with her to to run. Um, actually, no, I, I take it back. She talks him into it because the computer wa- uh, wanted him to find out about Sanctuary. So the computer, I guess, I I'm sorry. I, it's been, it's been gotta, a while.
1: Please, do the computer voice. Do identify.
0: Identify. Identify. Logan 5. But,
1: yeah, um, I, I said it before the show. That computer was kind of breathless. That, oh, yeah. that computer always sounds like it has just been freshly fucked and it's just laying back on some pillows going, oh my, I have the vapors uh, Logan, five, <laughs> Logan 5,
0: tell me yeah. about it. Um, so, the computer, because of his interaction with uh, the runner and finding the, because he finds the Ankh, that's their symbol for sanctuary, of the, of the, of the runners, the Ankh, yeah. so he killed the runner, he found that, they want the computer wants him to find out more about this, so basically it fucks his clock Sets them forward. Yes, them bl-
1: you're gonna go undercover, Logan, and the way to go undercover is we're taking the way the next four years of your life, yeah. or you know however how many lives is. How many years ago? All of a sudden, blinky, blink, blink. go find some runners, and I'm like, and there's that question that Logan asks: Query, do I get my years back? No answer. No answer. Apparently, the computer can't lie to you, but it can just not fucking answer.
0: Oh yeah. So and then he's all, then also, he's fucked, and also carousel's different. Carousel's this, uh, it's called carousel How they die. It's this thing that they stand around, it spins It floats them in the air, and they're shot dead with blasters, like lasers. And yeah, they explode. Blow, people people explode, explode, which... Blow gee, them up.
1: Now, I, I'm all in favor of the sort of arena thing, where everyone's standing around going, "Wee!" It's such a good thing, you know. That's fine. But I gotta admit, the whole exploding thing didn't seem particularly resurrection, because the idea is life day, you start over. And I don't remember from the books whether you start over if you just fucking... They just admit you're dead. Um, but there's this... There's a, a religion, a state religion in the movie that you will die and you will be renewed. And you will come back. And it's a big fucking shell game lie. Yeah,
0: you know? reincarnate. You'll be reincarnated. You'll come back, you know.
1: And there's also the implication that I think that there nobody's having children. That everyone's having well, well, sex. Well, with. Have,
0: well um,
1: they go to the they go to the crash and they look at the babies there in there. And Logan's looking at one that was made with his sperm, but he didn't have sex with anyone to make
0: that baby. No, I think they're pulling. I think they're pulling semen and eggs from uh, the people and just breeding them in test tubes. You know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which is complete which completely kills the idea of a family unit and, and loyalty, maternal
0: instinct. Into, you know, you don't know your parents. Your parents are the computer. Is the computer. It, it it brings you up. Yeah.
1: Again, blah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. And of course, they ask the question, you know, like, have you ever known anybody to be renewed? Well, of course they've been renewed, but have you ever met anybody? Uh, no. Well, so, not,
1: uh, you don't remember. You know, who remembers that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... It's, kinda like, it's like North Korea with worse clothing,
0: and but more to eat. Hey, there's nothing wrong with... Seventies skimpy thin fabric jumpsuits and for mini the dress. women mini, mini, mini for skirts the, for
1: the women, but the men wear the exact same clothing.
0: Yeah, it's
1: the only guys who are dressed well are the Sandmen. But you know, black <laughs> black goes with that
0: Oh, black blacks a classic. Uh. With a nice with a nice gray stripe in the middle, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and point out that neither of us quite have the figures to pull off those goddamn
0: Sandman outfits. Hey, I don't know about you, but I can look like a retired Sandman. <laughs> retired
1: Sandman. Yeah, well, I can't chase runners anymore, so I just shoot him from my, from my scamp runabout. <laughs>
0: from my, I, I shoot him from my porch. But,
1: uh... <laughs> I was going to go with a segue myself. Um, but, yeah, I'm... Uh, um, uh, Michael York is, you know, eight kinds of in shape. So he fills out the Sandman suit quite nicely.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, she talks him into it. Uh, they escape. They get out. Uh, Francis is chasing him. Oh, go, and, and Sanctuary is? Oh, well, we don't know yet. Uh, no, no, well we, well, we got, well, I'm skipping fast, but we got to talk about Box. We got to. Roscoe Lee Brown is one of the
1: great Malfunctioning cyborgs of all time. I mean, if you want a model for the gamma world the malfunctioning cyborg that they always threatened you with, Roscoe is the ticket.
0: Oh, yeah. And his, uh, I'm trying to look up, and I don't remember his, uh, I gotta look up some quotes. His, uh, uh, hold on, fish and plankton and sea greens and protein from the sea. Yeah. Yeah. The bugs! The bugs! <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all here, ready, fresh as harvest day. Fish and sea greens, plankton and protein from the sea, and then it stopped coming. And they came instead, so I store them here. Ready, and you're ready. It's my job to freeze you. Protein! Plankton! <laughs> so, it's this robot, it's batshit fucking crazy. It's, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, it's like, it's this big, tall, like, uh, it is a box. It's like a like it's like a shoebox that's seven feet tall, silver, with two arms and a head coming out of it. That's really kind of what he is. And
1: and I don't know what they what mylar material they wrapped Roscoe's head in, but it comes off. I mean, okay, it's nineteen seventies, you know, Doctor Who budget sort of special effects, but the head comes off as creepy. What do they say? more than man, more than machine, more than a fusion of both, you know. You kind of get the feeling there's something organic in there that it's got Alzheimer's.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, like like he's some kind of... um... Cyborg. Yeah, he's obviously some kind of cyborg. He's got some kind of human. That's why he's, like, lost it. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, what is this fucking... Oh, I I'm trying to find these quotes here from uh, from Box.
1: What 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 are, you, what, are you, what are you trying to remember? Was it something he said about his origins? More than man,
0: uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what.
1: More the, than man, more than machine, more than a fusion of the two.
0: Yeah, that's what he said. More than machine or man, more than a fusion of the two of the two. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Box is, is a marvelous look into the world that was before the city was built. You know exactly. what I mean? He is yeah. an artifact left over from an earlier age. And certainly, as they're going out of the city and they're getting into the behind-the-scenes areas of the city, and they find those big empty tanks of water, yeah, um, where once upon a time, I guess, fish or plankton or sea greens are bred yeah. to feed the city. Some of it's not working, or it's empty or dead. So, to my the implication to me was is that. Maybe shit's breaking down behind the scenes. Oh well, it's been the
0: city's been there for a couple, like two hundred years or something, you know. So it's yeah. definitely decaying. So they meet Box along the way, and be, he stops basically all the runners because you see banks and of uh, frozen human beings uh, yeah. in the complex. So they escape. They get outside, and like we were saying before. They've never seen the sun or uh, the outside, so they're kind of taken aback by it. They're wandering around.
1: There's this one part where they're wandering around in the, in the rocky uh, terrain, and there's like it's kind of arid, kind of rocky, and there's a water pool that they're in. And I, the first thing I thought of is like, down at the end of the water, that, that same pool, like, Taylor and Dodge and the other astronauts from Planet of the Apes are having their bath. You know, just down the road. If only jo- Logan and Jessica had turned north, they could have gotten to Ape City. But they don't. They go south
0: and go to Washington, D.C. Yep. So uh, they go to Washington, D.C. So what, let's what's, uh, compress this even more. So they go to Washington, D.C. Uh, they meet somebody outside, they meet an old man. The guy's like in his 60s. So apparently people have lived outside even after the apocalypse, and the city sealed itself. He de- the old man doesn't know who they are, doesn't know anything about the city, so they've kind of lived, separ- people lived outside the city and inside the city, don't know each other, lived his own separate lives, but he seems to be the only one left in their little enclave, and he's, he's got cats, lots of cats.
1: Yeah, and a nice grave where he planted his mother and father.
0: Father and father, yeah. so. Um, Francis follows him, they kill Francis. We
1: should, we should say that it's Peter used him up. Yes. Because yeah. Peter Ustinov is awesome and spends the whole movie quoting from cats. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, poetry
0: yeah, yeah. Of the,
1: the poetry of whoever whatever cats is based off of. Um, I'm suddenly forgetting it, but yes, he's, he quotes from cats a lot.
0: Creating um, such a fuss, his name was a spare Gus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. All this crazy shit. So, uh, in brief... They meet with him, make friends with him, bring him back to the city because they want them to see the old person, all the young people. He wants to see all the young people. They get back, they break in, you know, and cause a whole fucking thing to explode, basically, you know.
1: Yes. Eventually, somewhere inside, there's a big red button that's marked blow everything up, a metaphorical red button, and everything blows up.
0: And everything blows up. And then the movie ends. So uh, we don't get as much detail because, again, Spoiler alert: The movie is thirty-seven years old. If you haven't seen it yet, then you know, sorry. But if uh, you know, you could, you know, we, you know, I,
1: I, I will say one other thing. You know, the fight between Logan and Francis in the in the chamber of the the the,
0: the, uh, the chamber of you know, the Congress or yeah, no, the
1: Congress. Yeah, it's. I don't think they're in the Senate chambers. I think they're in the House of Representatives. That fight is actually pretty nasty and brutal. You know what I mean?
0: Oh. I, flags, you know, flagpoles,
1: and... uh, Beating each other with pieces of wood and shit, and, you
0: know... It's very very primitive because he doesn't have his gun anymore,
1: so... I always remember that they would edit out how much Logan beats Francis with that flagpole at the end to put him down. Boom! Boom! Because (laughs) it goes on for a while, but when I'd see it on television as a kid, they'd take out the five or six times he'd bludgeon him. You know, because he beats him to death. Because it's it's ruthless.
0: Yeah, it's ruthless. So the movie is very different. uh, A lot of differences from the book. And then after that, with the success of the movie, uh, they created the TV series. Now the TV series, I guess, takes a little bit back to like I I was talking about a little bit earlier. I think takes a maybe a little more from the book because there is an outside world and. Uh, apparently the computer knows about it, and it's the movie. Uh, the TV show uh, ignores the movie. The movie didn't happen. Okay, there's nothing to do with it. It's a different. It's a, It's the same world, but a different world. Uh, a reboot. What reboot. It's a reboot. Uh, they. It's, it. It starts off the same. Carousel. A runner. They escape and they get out. Okay. Uh, but uh, they go to the outside world because they're aware of the outside world. They know there's an outside world. Oh look, it says poison. The air is poison. We can't live there. And apparently uh there's patrols outside with sandmen, so they're aware of the outside world. They have ground cars, which I posted uh pictures of those. Yes, they are dead sexy. Um so you know, the car that the sandmen uses is the one that is in the Tom Petty video, the little more the more of the dome car. That's the that's the ground cars. So they escape, they know about the outside it's they're more cognitive of the world outside and they're looking for a sanctuary. So that's different right there because they're aware of it. Uh, there's also other things in the T V series that didn't have in the movies. Like there's actually old people in the city. They're a con- they're a council that controls the world. You know, and they're always looking for people to take their place. That's their for a renewal. So um, so they send yeah, out for- If you
1: want to live past thirty, you must serve the council and get elected and they'll They'll bring you on board the council. Other than that,
0: yeah, they're always looking for people uh, to do that. So, because it's a controlled society, they have a fixed amount of resources. So that's why they kill people at that certain age, because people are born to keep things in balance. So, but they escape to the outside world, and the TV show, at least in the beginning, uh, towards the end, uh, it gets very, uh, it gets kind of weak. Like I was telling the folks earlier, only eleven of the fourteen episodes aired. Because it had strong ratings at first, but then they kept on preempting it, uh, so eventually dropped the ratings well, and they does, dropped the does show.
1: The, does the collection include all fourteen episodes? Including
0: uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, the TV show right here. Yep, uh, has all fourteen episodes on it, and uh, it starts off pretty decent. It's okay. It's very. It's it, the show is very gameworld because they're running around outside. People uh, have there's. Societies. There is, you know, uh, you know, groups of people all existing independently of of the of the dome cities. It's something they don't know what it is. Other so, there's
1: dyst- other dystopias. They run into other places. There's
0: dystopians, and then there's not dystopias. There's just you know ruins. The um, thing is, they have a little. The characters have a little too much knowledge of the past and the outside world to make me comfortable. It's like they're like, oh, it's blah blah blah. And Oh, we can figure this out real quick. They seem to have too much knowledge of living in an isolated city for their entire lives and have well, any knowledge of it, the outside I, world. I
1: thought that that's why they have Donald Moffat alone because Donald Moffat is the android. Oh, he, he doesn't. He doesn't
0: do come in. He comes in. He comes in. But even before that, they still. Oh, they still have too much knowledge of the outside world. Uh, oh
1: yeah. Don't, do they just start that hovercraft up that they find on their own, or I know, the, they, they figured out?
0: Yeah. Okay. Because it's like huh, how does this start? Because he has a light. Oh, look, the light makes it go powered on. Hmm, let me shoot the window out. Look at all the light. It's solar-powered. Yay, we figured it out. It's, it's too convenient the yeah. way they figure shit out, you know, because it's seven Well, at least
1: convenient. I'm going to give them points, though, for the solar-power thing, because otherwise someone's going to be asking,
0: how come this thing
1: hasn't run out of power yet?
0: Oh, yeah. So and it's, it's
1: nice that they had that little bullshit, you know, Deus X mocking it to fix that problem.
0: Well, that's that's what that's what Donald Moffat's character is. The, he is the plot device, the Don, you know, the DSX on okay. because if something can't be answered, well, let's ask the android. He knows everything. So if it
1: can't be fixed, call the android.
0: Yeah. So they they, they pick him up later in the first at the end of the first episode. Now, oh, when they first get out, there's oh, like oh, and
1: just in case people don't know who Donald Moffat is, you should give the thing reference.
0: Um. Oh, I. <laughs> I know you gentlemen are very are, are I've been through a lot today but when you have the time I would not like to spend the rents rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch so um, <laughs> that's Donald
1: if you're wondering who Donald is Donald is commander Gary from the awesome 1981
0: the thing the thing so um so but when they get out there's these isolated little societies there's like a cryptic alliance like these people in these you know leftover uniforms from somewhere with laser guns and they look like, you know, Knights nice of Genetic Purity kind of guys. So there's, there's the whole thing is very gamered. Because then they they come across this city that was built by the masters. And apparently some survivors. They built these robots. These robots built this city. They all died. So these robots have been waiting to serve people and they come along. And that's of course where they find uh, Donald Moffat's character who's an android who has who sentient has intelligence as opposed to the robots, which are just servants. And he joins them on their wacky adventures. And the whole time, Francis and the Salmon are they're roaming like you know thousands of miles outside the fucking city to track them down. And it's like, well, what about having these people leave? They kind of it doesn't make a lot of sense. You well,
1: know? I'm I'm presuming that when they the who have been sent out to track them down, get back and say, hey, we got them back, and they you know, execute Francis, uh, execute Logan and Jessica, then. The good news that then the reward for having been good Sam is probably to wipe be memories. executed. Yeah, to be executed immediately so you don't contaminate the city.
0: No, I suppose I think they're going to wipe their memories. Uh, but the thing is, they even have Like later on, you see, they have patrols outside the city to look for. So it's very. It doesn't. It's like there's. But sanctuary. Sanctuary is a
1: real place, right? Sanctuary is a real place well, in in the series.
0: No, they never find it. They're always looking for it,
1: but but it's uh, but it's the goal. They never prove that it's nothing. They never prove that
0: it's oh. a meat locker run by a box. Yeah, you no. know but there but there's a lot of there's a lot of game world in this. You find these cryptic alliances. You find these isolated cities. You find agents. You find like there's this one episode that is written by Harlan Ellison uh, called the Crypt, and. They find these people frozen from the time afterwards. There was a plague that were killing everybody. They're frozen. They found a cure, and they wake them up. Part of the part of the uh, cure is destroyed, so they have to make choices on who's going to survive. Because these are all people like, you know, the best robotics engineer in the world, the best architect in the world, the best doctor in the world, the best, you know, uh, telepath. Because apparently, because the world collapsed in 2119, and this is 200 years later after this major nuclear war and um, Was there a thing where
1: they did a flashback to just as the war is about to start? You know. Well, there's there's an episode where
0: there's time travel and uh, somebody jumps to the future to find out uh, what happened because they want to stop the war. But then of course, you know, you know when you go forward to try to stop the war and you go back, of course, you wind up causing a war type thing. So there, there's a lot. There's a, again, there's a lot of good world shit in this. You know, societies that are worshiping. Uh, these this altar at uh, this place called the Sanctuary Project actually, but it's not the sanctuary they're looking for. It's all this technology, ancient information. They don't know anything about it. They have names like analog and data. They have no idea what it means. But they're just worshiping this place because their descendants are the people there. So Excellent. you see, you see, all, yeah. You, there's a lot of this in the TV show. Now, mind you, it's '70s. It's cheesy as fuck. You know, it is really bad, but. The, I, there's a lot of good ideas in it, you know. Again, like I said, mutant—they talk about mutants all the time. There's androids, there's robots. There, do, we any,
1: do we get any mutants? Do we get any amusing mutants? No amusing mutants,
0: but you find the, all these.
1: The Kriegs don't show up again because no, who doesn't,
0: who doesn't no, love the Kriegs? No, no Kriegs, but uh, there's all these societies. Like here's this society that grew up around this uh, psychiatric hospital. There's Ooh, okay. Yeah, there's this Arabic society that's there. There is um, an alien spaceship that landed, is picking up uh, samples. There is, there's, there's a lot. Again, there's a lot. It's very gamma world. I mean, it really is. You know, again, except for like that really bad haunted house episode. And you
1: mentioned mentioned that there is a haunted house episode and how awful
0: it was. Oh, it's just so bad. I'm sorry. It's just terrible. It's, it's an episode. It is called um, Night Visitors the runner stop at a house haunted by spirits from another time Jessica is captured so that one of the spirits can use her to replicate uh, as a replicant of his dead wife's spirit it's just some of them are really bad okay especially yeah, towards I was, the end
1: I, I was saying before maybe before we started that I can't think of anything cooler than an episode where you show up as primitive screw heads and you encounter a high-tech gamma world house where like you know the holographic interface for the house, you know, appears to be a ghost, and the technology does things that appears like magic. You know what I mean? Or you're trapped in the house because the the house thinks that you're a burglar. You know, all kinds of stuff like that could be incredibly cool. But oh yeah. We, we don't get that in this episode. We get real life stupid ghosts.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but again, it's series great. I said, if it's if you want to run a gameworld campaign there's a lot of great inspiration for this because you got the isolated societies they got high-tech people low-tech people you even have uh, one episode where they actually find a runner who like the first runner who escaped they find him near the city because they want up venturing far away from the city then they want up being close to the city again he set up this whole little society found this computer got it working these people were primitives farming and he's the provider so you got a good, you get a good mix of low high-tech, low tech technology you get this one where these people are trying to perfect uh, humanity they create this beam technology that separates the good and evil and they have the outcasts who are evil and the good and the positives who are the good people so you get a lot of that uh there are a lot of sci-fi uh, it's if it's if you can pick it up cheap on amazon it's worth watching it may also be on one of the, the hulu's or the netflix or something like that um, yeah. They said there's too many episodes to really get into deep on, and there's 14 of them. Um, but as you know, I said my brief overview of it. There's a lot of a uh, good one. There's even one that you know I said there's time travel. There is uh, aliens from uh, another planet who are trying to uh, jump back and forth. Uh, you know, trying to populate. They have like matter transmitters. And is it Donald Moffat's the android Rem, and he is it? He's the answer to everything. He could neutralized force fields. He has devices that can turn this off, turn down. And he can fix anything. If there's a problem, just call Rem because he'll, fix, he'll fix. he
1: doesn't have a hatch in his stomach as well.
0: Uh, I don't remember that, but he's I always like, them, like you, you open
1: panels. him up and there's you you pull his shirt up and there's like a hatch. You open it up and fiddle with the dials and
0: occasionally he breaks down or oh yeah he's always break. like pulling his clothes off and I'm not a robot. I take offense to that. I'm a highly sophisticated blah blah blah. It's it's kind of cheesy, like I said, but he—he's you know, he,
1: clearly the Spock. I mean, they—they're uh, stocking up with him. He—he's clearly meant to be the Spock of this
0: franchise. Oh yeah, he's totally the Spock. It's uh, so he has—he has the answers for everything, and you know, he actually works out sometimes because they have situations where they can't, you know, maybe they're poison gas and he could not be poisoned, or they're stun him So it's con- it's convenient, but again, it's it's pretty cool. You know, they find some ruined cities sometimes, and. Ancient technology. They find bunkers. So there, there's some cool shit and there's some bad shit about it. It's,
1: all the things. All the things we want in our post-apocalypse.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Game World camping. You know, it's a little, a little wahoo. You know, it's a little right. ridiculous at times. Uh, but it's, it's good. It's a, it's a good series. I was even Nancy was watching me watch it yesterday. She wound up like I was watching it when she was cooking dinner, and then she got enthralled and she's like, "I'm actually starting to like this show." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's <laughs> a bad sign. It should worry <laughs> you deeply." <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was watching it. I'm like she's, like, she's like, it's just drawing me in. I'm like, yeah, it does that. That's why I said I've watched six episodes saying I want to watch more. You know, so it's because uh, I was doing some binge binge watching over the weekend uh, to kind of at least get most of them in.
1: So after after um, Planet of the Apes, um, and this was one of the big apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic dystopias that we have, um, certainly in film, um, you know, it, it it ranks up there with Planet of the Apes, with um, Omega Man, uh, with Soylent Green, as all the places you don't want to be living. Yeah, <laughs> the future you don't you don't want to go to.
0: Yeah, and, th- and this one is definitely more uh, the the TV series is definitely the dystopian apocalypse because they have this dystop- dystopian city, but it's not so much like um, the movie, which has nothing else, or the book, which uh, it's there's a dome city, the city of domes as they call it, looking for sanctuary, and they uh, as I said, there's a lot of there's a whole world out there uh, that doesn't yeah. even know they exist. You know, they all have their isolated pockets, and there is one cool episode. Uh, Let me tell you about this one. It's the only. It's this one of the only two times I think it's called um, capture. It's the only time that they actually reference other runners uh, a lot. Well, there's three episodes they mention runners in one. They find a runner who I said rebuilt that little his own little his own little society. It's this guy, and of course he's wearing like a tiger skin belt, and his wife's wearing tiger skin. He's this. I don't they don't explain where the fuck he came from, who he is, but he's got this house in the woods and he's a hunter he's created his own uh preserve you know there you know he talks about the mutants these uh, that are going to get him, and it's isolated with a force field but he's a hunter and he's got all these ancient gu- like blazer guns guns from the seventeenth century, all these guns there and he's fascinated with guns and he's hunting people he's he winds up hunting people because all the other game he's hunted doesn't give him a challenge but man gives him the greatest challenge and he's heard of Sandman and thinks they're the greatest challenge so him and Francis come along so he starts hunting them and then of course course the wife hunts so she gets to hunt Jessica
1: alright so it's the most dangerous it's the most dangerous
0: game yeah
1: it's that it's that that short story adapted to that because boy
0: what but they do actually reference other runners because in their trophy room, there's a plaque with five or six onks. So other runners looking for sanctuary have wandered on, found this guy, and he hunted him down and fucking killed him.
1: I don't suppose he's played by William Smith by any chance, because that sounds like the kind of 1970s role that William
0: Smith would end up doing. Nope, the hunter is a hunter named James Broden, played by Horse Bush Holes. Um, Horse busholds. There's a name for you, Jesus. Uh, a German actor, best known for his English speaking, in English speaking countries for his roles in the Magnificent Seven. Uh, he played oh. Chico.
1: He's yes, he's the German guy who plays the Mexican kid, the young Mexican kid. Holy crap! I I did not know that he went on to be in <laughs> in
0: Lincoln's Run.
1: That's what? hilarious.
0: So he played uh, the hunter there. Plus, you mentioned our good friend Will Smith. Uh, William Smith. Oh, of, of course he's in Logan's Run. Come on, oh. TV series. All right,
1: what is William Smith doing in Logan's Run? You got he,
0: he plays uh, in the episode called Half Life, the one where I told you that they split the persons into the positive and negative, and he's okay. the he's the leader of the of this uh, this society. So he's the positive one, and of course the negative ones out there. He's all rough-looking with his big arms showing. And it's like matters like this are both are are settled by hand-to-hand combat, you know. So, um, well, he our does. friend Will Smith said it. He's been a lot of. He's in a lot of Apocalypse. He's in the Planet of the Apes TV series, Logan's Run TV series. Uh, he is in uh, Ultimate the Warrior. Warrior. Who knows what else. William Smith is everywhere. Oh, hell
1: comes to Frogtown.
0: Hell comes to Frogtown. Yeah, yep,
1: yep. Yeah, he's in that too. So he—he's like—he's like. He's like R- does Red Dawn count as post-apocalypse? Uh,
0: it's during. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. well, bill, he, uh, bill, bill gets around. He did. He does get around. And he's fucking—he's 80, like eighty-one years old. I want to meet this man. <laughs> I want to meet him. I bet again, eighty-one. he's still kick our ass. He's a. Uh, He's a friend of the apocalypse. He's been in a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff.
1: You know, he's just... Well, he's, the place to do it, my friend Rita uh, goes down to California on these trips where they go to these huge conventions that are nothing but celebrity signings. Right? Mm-hmm. Going, and she's gotten William Smith's signature, Mako Mako's signature. I mean, the list goes on of all these guys that we remember from films from the 70s and 80s who are not superstars. But were the guys that our childhood, you know, they
0: they were the workhorses, man. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so there. Yeah. So yeah. Again, he's 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 all over it again, playing William Smith. So, <laughs> and, and, and uh, then there's a lot of other like known faces that pop up in that show in that show here and there. You know, there's a lot of '70s actors you'd recognize, like oh, I recognize that guy, I recognize that guy. Oh, I've seen this guy before. So Logan's Run T V series, Gamma World the T V Gamma World the T V show. As much as <laughs> as much as you could do, you know, except you don't have a lot of the crazy you don't have the mutants and stuff like that, but it it could be a very good inspiration for somebody running, you know, a first or second edition campaign, I feel. Okay. Cool beans. So work the checkout. Right. So that's Logan's Run in a very large nutshell. Very and large. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, next show, two weeks. I would, so, uh, since we, you know, apparently we're runners now, so we're past 30, and um,
1: uh, so episode
0: 31, originally I was going to do, I wanted I wanted to do a show on music, uh, apocalyptic music, music in the apocalypse, so what we want to talk about is not just, you know, what kind of music would they have in the apocalypse, that could be a very brief uh, topic. Uh, but also music that is inspired by the apocalypse, because there's a lot of bands out there that have written music. You know, REM, Duran Duran, Planet Earth is about the apocalypse. Uh, there's a lot of music out there. There's a lot of metal out there that's about the apocalypse. So that's what I'm kind of leaning towards. I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're necessarily going to get as long as shows we normally do out of that, but we'll think about it. And, and we may change our minds, folks. But uh, this is what I'm leaning towards.
1: I'm all in, I'm all in favor of that. And if we can get. Uh... Will or Clinton here as well, or somebody else who can uh, throw around some other opinions. We can we can fill out we can fill out a full hour, but you know if it's a, if it's less that's fine too. But and that's yeah. something else if you're looking in the comments or whatever. When we start putting up the show notes and you know for announcing that episode, for God's sakes, throw your suggestions out. We'll read them. You know we'll either you know.
0: Ignore them, or ignore
1: them, or make fun of you because you suggested something we didn't like, and our opinions are the most important. Or we'll go. My God, why didn't I think of that? And we'll. Oh yeah, yeah. So I wanted
0: to actually have uh, Vorhola on the show because he did something for a conversion for one of his for one of the game systems for the Logans Run TV series, and he he watched all of them recently. But he's in he's in the he's in the Mediterranean right now. He's been there for like three weeks. He's like spending a month. In the in the Mediterranean, going to Crete and Kos and stuff like that. So I couldn't get him on the show because he is out of the country. He has a
1: life. He He, yeah. does, he does things unlike us.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to get him on, but I uh, said so music in the apocalypse is something I'm leaning towards. Um, we could always do something else. I don't know. We'll see. We're probably going to do that. Also, uh, one of the things I was thinking about is I got to reach out to. Uh, mr. James Ward again because now he has another game coming out. this post-apocalyptic The problem was he reached out to me a while back about being on the show uh, being interviewed and we'll have to do it as, we'll do it as a real interview like we'll get question me and Scott will work together get questions down ahead of time get it to him so we you know so we don't blindside him with anything um, but the thing is he doesn't have uh, a webcam for the computer um, and the thing is Google Hangout Live you can't call in now. If you were just doing a Google Hangout, you could call in uh, by phone, and we could have done that, and I could have recorded it, but it would have been a little wanky, right? But I, I prefer the live format, so I'm going to contact Mr. Ward. Uh, I've been have I've been leaving him alone because he he was recently ill. I remember, uh, he had a heart attack. He's in the hospital, but he's been out for a while, and I think he's feeling he's on the med. He's doing a lot better because he's been doing a lot of his work for the uh, the Metamorphos Alpha uh, Kickstarter. So I'm going to reach out to him and say, "Hey, listen, we want to have you on, you know, uh, what what kind of computers does he have?" because I said, "I'm going to I'm going to buy a freaking web a cheap webcam. I could get one for like 20, 25 bucks. I'm just going to mail it to him." Well, so he here's, here's in this case
1: scenario, we give him the question to answer, he writes down his answers, and then you'll be the interviewer and I can dr- do a dramatic reading as
0: James Ward. We could do that, but I, I, would, I would love to have him on live, so yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, There's that, uh, but then we'd like to be, you know, friends with him afterwards, so maybe I shouldn't
0: do that. Well, yeah, we should do uh, So I'm going to see what I can do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to him again and then see uh, see if he's done with that. Because uh, they're cheap enough, I'll send him, I can send him if he has to, just plug it in, and it should work. He's got enough people around him if he needs to do anything to make it work, he could do that. If worst case scenario, I'll do that. We'll just do a pre-recorded show. And I'll just do my recording and capture it. So, um, so sometimes soon I'd like to have a show revisiting Ga- not just revisiting Gamma World, but we'll talk about Gamma. But I want to talk to Mr. Ward because Metamorphos Alpha, Gamma World, his new scheme system coming out. So it'll be nice to talk to somebody who's, you know, one of the old guard in the industry. So, literally, they're
1: at ground zero.
0: They're at ground zero. So, but for next week we're looking at post-apocalyptic music. So. Uh, That was, again, episode 30, uh, Podcast Outground Zero, Logan's Run. Episode 31, two weeks from now, we will have music in the apocalypse. So, for Podcast Outground Zero, I am Jared, the apocalypse nerd, Wallace, and my co-host, Adam Baum-Glancy, saying thank you and good night. Good
1: night.